From the studios of Teeing It Up in the swamps of Jersey, this is Teeing It Up presents the Sunday Sprint for Sunday, December 27th, the year 2020, week 16 of the National Football League season, and we are joined, as always, by Mr. Luke Morrow. Good morning. Good morning. Um, I hope that you had a lovely Christmas. Thank you. Uh, it was certainly, for uh, like I'm sure, uh, just about everybody else, certainly different this year, but you know, thank you. it's still uh, Christmas. I was fortunate enough to be able to spend some time with the family. That's what it's all about, so appreciate it. Hope everyone uh, had a great uh, holiday this year still, uh, despite all the circumstances. Yes, we are joined, um, as always, uh, by Luke, this time from Connecticut. Um, we're going to go backwards and then go forwards. Does that sound good for you? Uh, 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 good to you, Luke? Yes, sir. Okay. And where we're going to go backwards is back to week 15. And for those who listen to, to the Moral Midday Show, ESPN 98.9 FM, charlestonsportsradio.com, or the podcast available wherever you get your podcast, you've heard me say I was really happy for the Jets to win that game and get that W. And for these guys who tried so hard and by no fault of their own had a horrible defensive call on the last play of the game against Las Vegas, um, called, were able to get a win. And it kind of woke up the Rams as to, ooh, okay, that's problematic. And they came out flat. They came out flat in an empty building. And then the Jets took advantage of that. And they have played hard every single week. They deserve the win. And I fully believe that Jacksonville will get another win at some point. They faced the Bears today. Um, to be able to, you know, get that number one slot. If they want it, we will get to the impact the Cleveland stuff has sh- uh, shortly. So... You look at that. Is there anything, Luke, that that you want to ask me or you want to add between what I just said and what I, and what I've been saying on your show week after week after week, uh, going back probably a month now? Yeah, well, I imagine you were happy just to get the win, uh, regardless of what it means for the the draft stock. Yeah, yeah, I was I was ecstatic for them. They deserved all of it, and uh, those guys have played hard. There has been no tanking in that um, locker room. There has been absolutely no tanking whatsoever. So, Luke, we're there, and now we move to uh, Christmas. And you said on this program last week that if last week's game went went bad, there was a chance of you having a bad um, Christmas, and then this Christmas happens, and Alvin Kamara goes crazy. Um, you guys are now eliminated from the playoffs. Um, is there any kind of last word uh, uh, sort of deal that you want to say about your Vikings and especially the way that you lost uh, having Alvin Kamara just go berserk biz- berserk on you guys? Yeah. Uh, I mean, kind of saw it coming in terms of the loss, maybe not the way it happened. Defense played terrible. Um, you know, the defense at this point is very young, very banged up. They're missing a lot of guys. And, um, you know, I guess the, the main takeaway just from the season is just that the fact that, hey, in week 16, they were still playing a meaningful game. And so I, I will uh, be thankful for that because they started one and five. And when you look at the defenses we saw on Christmas, I mean, it's not a good defense right now. It's a uh, young defense that they're trying to learn as they go. So um, to, to, to be still relevant by the end of the year, uh, I appreciate. But with that said, you know, Classic Vikings, they lost their last three games. Uh, should have beat the Bears. I mean, they 
I, I thought should have been more competitive with the Saints. And then you get the Cardinals to lose yesterday, which is what the Vikings needed. And it's like, oh, man, if we just beat the Saints, we'd be sitting in a you know, decent position right now to make the playoffs. In the end, though, as we saw, it's not a playoff team anyways, even if I wish they made it. So now you just said that, you know, it's a bit of a waste of a year. You go 7-9 because they'll probably beat the Lions, get a, a middle-of-the-road draft pick, and we'll try to be better next year. And we move on to 2021. But I just appreciate the fact that after a 1-5 start, I still had games, you know, I still had a reason to root for them in Week 16. I appreciate that. That is Luke's closing monologue. Luke, it's been a pleasure for 17 weeks to have you on the show. Thank you. Oh, hey, my pleasure. <laughs> So then we go into yesterday's slate of games. Now, yesterday's slate of games, Luke, um, I think the NFL was hoping for some more competitive matchups, uh, and they got some quirky things happen. Uh, first, we had the absolute uh, trouncing of Detroit by the Bucks. The Bucks clinch a playoff spot, and... Look, the Saints have that Division One. The Bucks will be a wild card team. Um, but man, if anybody had Alvin Kamara plus members of the Bucks offense on their fantasy team, uh, that's a tough mountain to climb, Luke. <laughs> yeah, it, it sure is. If you're going up against Kamara, you, 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 you lost before the weekend even began, unfortunately. And the Buccaneers, uh, what they did yesterday against the terrible Lions team, but nonetheless, I mean, the way that they played throughout that game, especially in the first half, and you look at Tom Brady, and I'm curious to see what the Buccaneers do you know, next week against the Falcons, because you look at these last two weeks, if you if you just look at Brady's last four quarters, in those four quarters he has over 600 yards and six touchdowns. So if that was a complete game, it'd be one of the most ridiculous games you've ever seen. And this is coming off a bye. Buccaneers have now won three in a row. They finish up the Falcons next week. And in the end, you know, I always say life is about expectations. And maybe people are expecting more from the Bucks, But it looks like they're going to finish 11-5, and five, and Brady's going to finish with the most touchdown passes in Buccaneers franchise history. Uh, and so I think Tampa Bay, they've been just fine. And the NFC seems to be wide open that if this is the real Buccaneers, what we've seen these last, the last game and a half where they, they seem to be clicking and on the same page, you know, then they really could be an issue for some teams in the playoffs. But that was a, a, a good sign for Tampa Bay fans. I know it's against the Lions yesterday. And, you know, they didn't have a, half their coaching staff, and they're terrible. But just to see the Buccaneers click and be on the same page, because that's been a concern this year. It's not about talent. It's about, you know, that they're just having gelled. And, and Brady's been off with the receivers, and him and Bruce Arians and their offenses have been gelled together. So to see that yesterday uh, for Buccaneers fans this late in the season should be a little comforting that, hey, maybe, you know, we're getting things figured out just in time for the playoffs. And remember, they are likely to be the five seed, which would put them against whoever wins the NFC East and be major favorites, even though that'll be a road game, be major favorites. So you can kind of book them into the divisional round unless you believe that Brady's going to have problems going back in the cold weather. But then again, he used to play in cold weather. Yeah, it could be a concern, but that's that's exactly who you want to face for that NFC. You want to be, if you're a wild card team right now, you want to be that fifth spot and take your chances with either Washington or Dallas or the Giants, whoever winds up winning the crappy NFC East. Totally. Okay. Then we move into San Francisco, Arizona, and a win by San Francisco. They are eliminated. The, the Cardinals move on. Uh, sorry, Cardinals don't don't move on. The Cardinals stay alive, but they don't exactly move on. As you said, it's the win you needed uh, for your Vikings. 
just uh, in a sentence or two, where do you view the Cardinals here? Um, because you let C.J. Beathard and, um, you know, a whole bunch of guys who are just playing for absolutely nothing right now to beat you on your home turf, even though it's also their home turf for the moment. Um, and, and, and in a game that will be known most for Amazon Prime, having all kinds of problems for people trying to access this game, this is a monumental game for the, uh, uh, f- uh, for the cards that go from either being 9-6 and six to now 8-7. and seven. How do you view this game quickly if, if you're it's, uh, a uh, Cardinals fan? I mean, extremely disappointed. I thought Kyler Murray didn't play well. I thought Cliff Kingsbury did a poor job. And, and if I'm, you know, I look at this Cardinals team, and, and I think they're a little, you know, maybe a little fraudulent. Um, you know, they started off the season so well, and they went through that losing streak outside of the Kyler Murray, that Hail Mary. Uh, but, you know, I'm concerned. And now that opens the door for the Bears to sneak in there. The Bears own the tiebreaker, so they can sneak in. Yep, they now control their own destiny. Yeah, Cardinals needed to win yesterday, and you only scored 12 points. I mean, just a, ter- just a terrible effort. Uh, if I'm a Cardinals fan, I'm, I'm certainly obviously very upset today because of what happened yesterday. Literally the only team still alive in the NFC besides um, all the teams in the NFC East is the Cardinals-Bears back, forth, back, forth, back, forth. Um, that's the only race, really, that's up for grabs. Um, eventually this Rams thing will be figured out, but I, I think that they're pretty much in, I would think. I think it's the cards that are out and the Rams that would stay in. So anyway, just some factoids for you. All right, and then finally, Fitzmagic showed up last night. Um, <laughs> and here I am, Luke, and I'm, I'm, I'm spending my time watching the Knicks because, you know, I'm a degenerate. Um, not of the gambling type, just I'm somebody who likes to uh, enjoy myself watching the Knicks equipment staff having somebody wear the wrong jersey. Um, yes. <laughs> which, <laughs> oh man, um, there's nothing really to say about that. Um, and Vegas decides to go for three instead of seven, and Gruden says it's because they went for seven against Kansas City, and it backfired, and they're eliminated, and the Dolphins keep going, and um, (laughs) I don't know what to say, Luke, about this game, other than the fact that is it a good thing that that in Brian Flores' terms you have a relief pitcher or is it a bad thing? Because in my mind, it's a bad thing. You shouldn't be in this spot to begin with. But it is nice to be able to have a relief pitcher and that's what Ryan Fitzpatrick did last night yet again. Like he has time and time and time and time and time and time again when when given the opportunity um, and and called upon. And that's why he should be out there as the starter. Now, if you're, you know, I guess it gets a little, the, the analogy get a little complicated if we're talking about like a great closer like a Mariano. But if you have a good reliever and you only use him for, say, an inning every once in a while, wouldn't you rather, if he has the capability of being a starter, wouldn't you rather use him and get six or seven innings out of him? You know, I make Fitzpatrick the starter. Uh, if you're just going to bring him in in close games, what's the point? Why isn't he playing the whole game? If, he's, if you think he's that much better, that anytime there's a close game in the fourth quarter, they think, oh, we got to go to Fitzpatrick because he's the guy that's going to give us a chance to win. 
he should be out there. So if you're going to play Tua, you have to leave him out there. Or if you don't feel comfortable leaving Tua out there in the fourth quarter, that he shouldn't be your starting quarterback. And I did not like this change to begin with, and I like it even less now that they're doing this. Um, you know, I know that Tua people said, well, he played for Nick Saban at Alabama. You know, he got his starting job replacing Jalen Hurts in the national championship, so he this, he won't be affected. He knows what this is like. He's been through it before. I don't think it's good, though, for a young quarterback confidence. And I also just think it's silly to be shuffling back and forth. Fitzpatrick is clearly the much better quarterback. The offense is much better with him. Uh, he's, he's a veteran. He, he's more comfortable. He knows what he's doing out there. He should be the starting quarterback. And that's what we saw last night to then go to the press conference and announce that Tua is starting Week 17. It's just it's crazy to me. And if I was a Dolphins fan, I'd, I'd be uh, very frustrated. Fitzpatrick, look at the difference last night. between the fourth quarter and the first three quarters. That offense is so much better with Fitz. He should be the starting quarterback. I am with you 100%. All right, now to games uh, that have not yet been played for Week 16. The Browns are losing basically their entire wide receiver room except for two dudes, and then they're calling up two dudes from the practice squad because of COVID uh, contact tracing against the Jets. Suddenly a game that I thought they would win to me is now a toss-up, and I can see how the Jets win this game. Um, Look, the the Jets are not going to have Quinn and Williams the rest of, of the way defensively. Um, and he had really been coming into his own. He should have been a pro bowler. Um, and f- for my money, I I think the, the Browns win this game, but I think it's going to be a lot closer than, than some people think. They need this game. They need to get to, I believe, at least 11 wins to get the uh, division title uh, minimum or a, a higher seed. When it comes to these wild card games, that's just my two cents on that. I have no idea what to expect from the Browns. You know, I know they're a run-first team, but nonetheless, I mean, you need some wide receivers to be able to throw the football. you got to be able to throw it to win. And we talked about Baker Mayfield, how this offense is built off the run. They've made it easier on Baker. Can he step up and make plays when necessary? Well, today, he's going to have to try to do it without uh, really anybody to throw to. So I'm very curious to see how Baker plays and what that Browns offense uh, looks like. They better hope that they're able to run it all day against you know the, the, the lousy Jets and not have to worry about having to throw. Um, I like the Browns to begin with before all this. Teams that win as such underdogs as the Jets were last week, the following week, in terms of the spread, I mean, they only, uh, I think that's like they only win 35% of the time. They only cover 25 even when they're double-digit underdogs. Uh, they usually have a big letdown. I was expecting that for the Jets uh, to lose, and the Browns probably win by double digits. But now, with this, I have no idea. I don't know what we're going to get from Cleveland. I don't know how well they're going to look offensively. So I think it will be close. They do give the Jets more of a chance. I think the Browns find a way to win. But I am curious. We talk a lot about Baker Mayfield. You know, what can he do on his own? Well, today he may have to do it without any wide receivers. So this is an opportunity for Baker to step up and show how much maybe he has grown as a quarterback this year. And one of the Jets' strengths, even though they don't, they, they, it doesn't get talked about a lot because they've given up some big rushing days, is that they are good. A that they are a good point of attack. If you got second and three, third and two type situations, the uh, situations they are a very good run stop team. So it's just something to keep in mind. Uh, Colts, Steelers, both these teams are going to the playoffs in my mind. Both these teams have a chance to get into the AFC Championship game. I have heard from week, week after week after week, the Steelers are overrated and, and, and the Colts are underrated. Uh, look, I still go on, on experience. You and I both know that we don't trust Phillip Rivers when the, when the bright lights are shining. But it does worry me that the Steelers have now gone three straight weeks and have gone 0-3 after getting to, uh, to 11-0 and 0 
which may be why this is a pick'em game in Vegas. And along those lines, like you said, to compare both points he just made, or to, to put them together, combine both points he just made, Phillip Rivers has gone three games without a turnover. And so I'm concerned that today, in this big game against the Steelers, this is where it's going to catch up to Phillip Rivers. He'll turn it over a couple of times. Again, still a, a really good defense, despite the losing streak for Pittsburgh. Now, we've seen six um, teams lose three games, go on a three-game losing streak during the season, and still win the Super Bowl. So just because the Steelers have lost three in a row, look, you got a Hall of Fame quarterback, Hall of Fame head coach, still one of the best defenses in the league. They can get this figured out and still win some games in the playoffs, and maybe even go on a run. There's a reason why they were 11-0, and it wasn't just because of their schedule. You don't get, you know, that's a lot of luck to win 11 straight, especially during a pandemic. Um, But the Steelers, this week, and then they have the Browns next week. I mean, two tough games. And if you lose both of those, then it's like, all right, right we can't trust this team. You know, they're just not the same team they were to start the year. Uh, they're not going to do anything. But if they come out, they play well, they beat the Colts today, and even if they beat the Browns next week, you know, then you head into the playoffs with some momentum, feeling good, with an opportunity to do something. So these are huge games for Pittsburgh just to right this ship to win a Super Bowl. Because just because they've lost three in a row, we've seen it before. Teams have gone through a tough month and still have won a Super Bowl before. The Steelers can do that, but the turnaround needs to start today. Luke, normally on this show I have at least one uh, prediction or thought that's like way out there. And, and not that it's a hot take, but it's just like I'm very unique in having said position. Packers are going to trounce and absolutely blow out in the first quarter the Titans. Yes, I know Derrick Henry is a running back. I know they they thrive off the run. But this weather forecast is a serious snow game in Lambeau. And I believe that the Packers win this game early. They put it away. And Ryan Tannehill and company are lost. Goodbye. This three-point line is a horrendous line. It should be 13, not three. Wow, very bold. Um, Hashtag bold. Yes, I'm very intrigued by tonight's game. You know, the Packers have beaten just one team all year with a winning record. And the NFC, as I mentioned earlier, is wide open. So the Packers look like, as of now, they'll be the number one seed. They'll get home field advantage, which will only matter because of the weather. And that will be important for them. Uh, But I'm still not sold on Green Bay as the best team in the NFC. So tonight will be a good test because how have the Packers lost over the last couple of years? When they go up against the physical teams that can run the football and make Green Bay have to play from behind. And that's exactly what Tennessee does. The Titans, how do they win? By running the football, playing with a lead. These are two teams with uh, similar styles. And so whichever one gives tonight. But if the Titans have to play from behind and Tannehill has to make plays, I think the Titans could be in trouble. But if the Titans jump out to a lead and the Packers have to play from behind and their defense can't stop the run, then they could be in trouble. So I'm very intrigued tonight to see which kind of which one of these teams is for real because I'm not sold on either one because they need to win a certain way. You know, like the Kansas City Chiefs can win in multiple ways. The Titans, the Browns are the same way, the Ravens are the same way, the Packers. They need to follow a certain script to win, and that's troubling when you get to the playoffs against good teams with good coaches who can game plan. So I'm very curious tonight. You have two teams that need to follow a certain script. Which one is going to be able to? I don't I really, I don't know. I think I like the Titans in this game. To me, it's more of a toss-up than, than you believe. I don't have a strong feel either way. Uh, whichever team is able to jump out to the early lead, I think, is the one that holds on because that's how they usually do it. And I'm very interested to see who has more success tonight, and that's the team that I guess I'm going to buy into more than the other because I'm not really sold on either one right now. So are you saying that whoever wins the coin toss uh, should accept the ball and not kick it? 
I would say so. Yeah, absolutely. Hope hey, you could have that. That, that could be having the least amount of snow on the ground, you know, or the wind. So there's there's a lot of different ways to play that tonight. We'll see how it plays out. And finally, because we've talked about eight, like eight games here, um, and we'll probably talk about more as we get to the next segment, uh, Rams, uh, Seahawks, um, I don't have a feel for this game. You're, you're somebody that would have way more of a feel for this game than I do, but I can tell you this. I, I, I saw the Rams uh, last week. They ain't very good when they don't come out with energy. Um, I think this is an insult to the Seahawks that this line is only one. Uh, they should get more of a line. Um, I don't know what they're seeing in the Rams after last week to keep this close. I would make it like a four or a five point line. But then again, I, I don't gamble. So I'm not the expert when it comes to lines. Um, I can tell you the putting line, you know, for how a putt's going to break. I'm a lot better at that than I am telling you uh, why a Vegas line is a certain way. But just from my experience seeing the Rams up close, it's a good team with talent, but they need to come out with energy uh, from the get-go. They did not do that last week. Uh, I'm actually all over the Rams today as that underdog. This is a classic, you know, buy low, sell high scenario where the Rams are coming off that uh, terrible loss last week, so everybody's down on them. And then the Seahawks, meanwhile, are uh, coming off. Uh, who did the Seahawks beat last week? They beat, uh, oh, Washington. You know, they get a win on the road against Washington, but Seattle didn't look very good in doing so. And so now you get the Rams. Now they go on the road to Seattle. People saw what happened last week. They think, oh, no way. The Rams are going to get killed. But the Rams are actually much better on the road this year than at home for whatever reason. Jared Goff has always played better on the road during his career than at home. And when these two teams played earlier this year, the Rams won holding Russell Wilson and the Seahawks to only 16 points with that good defensive front that can get all over the quarterback. So I like the Rams to bounce back today and get a win because this is one of those classics. They had a letdown. Seahawks, you know, had the, the win last week. Everyone's expecting Seattle to kill the Rams today. I think the Rams win. Seattle's, uh, they just came back from the East Coast. You know, they've been traveling. I think the Rams win this game because it's just one of those. When a team gets embarrassed, they usually come back strong the next week, and I think the Rams will against Seattle in a huge game. Uh, Luke, we are way, 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 way over our normal time. Uh, so if uh, we've reached the end of our radio program, but I think more than an aw, it's like, damn, we went long today. Yeah, it's not so bad because we did extend it as long as we did. So it's okay. Yes, we, we covered a lot. What is your game of the day? I'm going to go Sunday Night Football Titans Packers because uh, I think this is a real test for both these teams. I agree, as much as I wanted to say Browns-Jets. Yeah, yeah, right. With no receivers in that Jets team, that's the game to watch golf during. <laughs> All right, we'll go to that segment. Promise there is no golf. I would like to, to wish, though, Greg Norman all the best. He was in the hospital over Christmas with COVID. He's still suffering symptoms, but he's back home. Good to hear that he's back home and keep feeling well, Greg Norman. Um, uh, Chiefs Falcons. Oh, I'm kind of intrigued by that game. <laughs> Why the fact that the Falcons have played better under Raheem Morris, and you think this could be a trap game of sorts? Yeah, you know they've been tough, and Matt Ryan and that offense can. I mean, they, they're very inconsistent, but they can put up some points. Uh, you know, maybe they make things interesting. A little bit of a shootout, maybe with Kansas City. I think the show's gone on so long. You've got call waiting. <laughs> was that you or was that me? I don't know. 
I don't know. So, so, so someone's trying to reach us. Um, very important people. Yes, yeah, very important. Your sleeper game. Jeez. Uh, I'm going to go... Yeah, I don't know. We talked about all the good ones. I'll say Carolina-Washington. Washington, obviously, an important game for them. And you have Ron Rivera uh, against his, um, his old team needing a win. Uh, we talked about all the good games, so I'll say that one. Um, Giants-Ravens. This is a whole kind of trap game for the, for the uh, Ravens. I think the Giants win this game. This Giants team is like the Jets. They've played hard every single week. They've had some injury problems. They get Daniel Jones back today. If Daniel Jones is healed, and I think that's part of why this line is so large, if Daniel Jones is healed, he can be effective. If not, you'll see Colt McCoy really early, I think, this week, uh, uh, this time around. But that's just my two cents. And you've had 24 minutes and 37 seconds to figure this out, Luke. Who is your person or player to watch? I got to go Baker Mayfield because of the, the situation with the Browns. So with, the, with no wide receivers needing a win on the road, let's see how Baker does today. That is the fastest you have ever answered that question. Yeah, well, you know, I had more time to think about it, and I always feel pretty obvious, and I think that's the obvious one today. Big Ben, Mike Tomlin, got to get back on the winning track if you're a Steeler uh, player and, and fan and uh, coach. And uh, it, it, if things start going awry today versus, uh, versus Indy, we'll see how they all react. Oh, yeah. Even with masks on, things say a thousand words. Uh, pictures and images say a thousand words. Luke, thanks as always. My pleasure as always. Enjoy your football weekend. I'll see you Wednesday at 1 on uh, the Moral Midday Show.